This is Seba, the Southern Fried Witch, and this is episode 26 of season 2. And today, I have been battling snakes. (laughs) Well, not battling them, but we've had several incidents with snakes of recent. We have them every year at this time. This is not shocking in the Deep South. It's just, I lost another baby to a snake, and I'm not ready to talk about it. It broke my heart. It was due to um, a farmer mistake. I'm going to leave that there. And it was sort of senseless altogether. So my heart is really broken about it. Like with anything I love, I, I go out every night and I light a candle for a certain amount of days. And my girl Silver Bullet did not deserve to die that way. So it's got me a little upset. And I have noticed that I'm feeling snake everywhere I walk. Everywhere I think, everywhere I cross a room and I see a coiled up cord and I get jittery. You know, I see the blondes and the rope that pulls the blondes up or the little cord and it looks like a snake and I jump. I see the cord to my microphone and it's making me nervous today because that loss really hurt. But I'm noticing a lot of anxiety coming out of me about snakes. And it made me want to talk about them. Now, here on the property, we don't want to kill them. You know, that's not our digs. There have been times that we have had to, but that usually has to do with a venomous snake and a situation that we just couldn't help anymore. There was one time there was one that was actually stuck coming out of a chicken coop. This was years ago. And there was only one way to remove it. And it was uh, very angry and upset. But there was only one way to remove it. And so we had to dispatch the snake. And sometimes you have to do that. But I've had a lot of ups and downs with snakes. I don't know if y'all remember last year and what happened to my little babies. That was horrifying. But what's funny and not in a ha-ha way about all this is I actually do love snakes. I do. I fight everyone around me from killing them. They're absolutely critical to our environment. They're important to keep the pest population down and for instance you know we didn't know this right away but black racers and yeah they can be a little scary sometimes especially when they chase you (laughs) although we do chase them back now and they run but black racers are just as effective as the beloved king snake at taking out venomous unwanted visitors I do have a little bit of a soft spot for the venomous ones too, but you know, I've got a grandbaby, I've got doggies that go potty in the yard. We do have to keep our boundaries somewhat on that one. When I was ruminating on this today, after running into a really beautiful garter, I'm in love with her and you know I love my garter. I put up a picture of her not too long ago. And she was sunning out there in the driveway. We have just a dirt driveway, you know, a little bit of gravel. There's nothing fancy here. And she was playing. I've never seen a snake play like that before. I mean, at first I thought something had a hold of her or she had a hold of something. But 
the closer I got, no. She was flipping back and forth in the sun and it was adorable. And then I got a little too close and she stopped and sort of rotted herself and lifted her head and looked at me. And I looked at her and it was a bit of a standoff there for a while. I mean, they still will bite you if you run at them or grab them. You know, they're they're just not venomous. And eventually I just, I was holding a garbage bag and I laid it down by my feet. And I think that was the moment she decided, well, that's enough. And went underneath my van and, and let me pass. And I just went ahead. But that's not the first time I've seen her. So while I'm going through all this snake-induced pain from losing my baby the other day, and it's bringing up horrible memories of last year, this garter snake is really giving me a lot of FaceTime, <laughs> you know? I mean, she's out there all the time. I'll go out there in my blueberries and she'll be sunning herself over there and lift her head and look at me like, uh-uh, no, this is my day. You you go on. So, <laughs> I mean, she lives here too. You know, it's her land too. I, she has just as much right to it as I do. And I didn't think garter snakes would chase you, but in the well pump house, my husband kind of startled her. I guess she was getting mice. You know, that's most probable, which is a good thing. We don't want a mouse to fall in our well, right? So, I mean, she's helping us in so many beautiful ways, in so many natural ways, kind of magical like that. And she turned on him and chased him out of there. He ran quite a ways before he decided to chase her back. And I reckon that's the only thing that got her to back off. So we're seeing a lot of different behaviors. I have found two dead baby snakes. And they just break my heart. You know, over winter, I found one in the high tunnel. I guess it went in there to stay warm. And then one night it got way too cold. And it, it was just too young to go without food. And there wasn't much, you know, at that time of the year. It just broke my heart. I took him inside and I put him on my altar and I'm thinking of ways to preserve him because he's just so pretty. And I felt like, you know, you didn't get a shot at being what you could have been. So I kind of want to do something for him. But I found another one that my partner accidentally whacked with a weed whacker the other day and that one hurt my heart too. So, you know, it's complicated with snakes and me. And I've just noticed myself really being anxious and nervous and expecting to see a snake around every corner. And, you know, I'm in the country and I don't know exactly what the temperature is today. I didn't look at it, but it's in the 80s. And they're snakes. And they never made me feel this way before. I'm not afraid that I'm going to get hurt. I think I'm afraid that I'm actually going to see them. Because I've seen so many already this year, and that's when it occurred to me that something was up. Something big is up here. Now, let me explain what I mean by that, bat children. You know, sometimes, y'all, a snake is just a damn snake. Do you know what I'm saying? I hate when we get into that almost Christian mindset where everything is the devil, you know? <laughs> And in our world, as witches, I think that kind of translates to, oh, it's a warning or someone has cast on you. Ooh, booga booga. And if that's true, then uh, either the devil is everywhere or someone has cast on me and all of my neighbors and everyone out here. Come on, y'all. Sometimes 
A snake is a snake. And this is late spring here in Alabama. And they are hungry and they're running around. They're having a great time in this sun. Mm, Most of the time, I think I've heard people look into things a little bit too much on a thing like this. Years and years and years ago, and I mean a very long time ago, I had a not-so-great witch friend who would say when I got sick or something happened to me that, well, either she'd take credit for it uh-huh, or say that someone had cast upon me. Because, you know, you just can't get the flu, honey, unless uh, something's been done to you, right? Yeah, how much sense does that make? I think we are really dropping science when that happens. And you know, something very dear to me and one of my animal spirits is the red-tailed hawk. And they are everywhere all the time. We'll hear them screech and see them dive. And luckily, they tend to stay off our direct property. Knock on wood. I have not had any issues. Let's knock on it again as I'm saying it with hawk on my property. I mean, I have a tiny Yorkshire terrier. I don't let him go too far away from me because I'm so afraid for his life and I have an outside cat who's 10 years old. But we just don't have a lot of attacks from them. And that actually feels pretty specific. And that's when when something's completely out of the normal and it continues to show itself that I might go, hmm, that could be a sign of something. I have this story And I may have told you in season one, so if I'm telling it again, I apologize. I'm getting old like my grandma, and I tend to repeat stories. But it was years ago, um, God, 10 years ago, I think. And I was sitting outside with a couple of folks that had wanted to meet me in the local community. I don't really do local community anymore. But I let them come over, and we were sitting outside, and I think we were having a glass of wine. And my altar, a big log altar that's sitting outside underneath an oak tree, was about, oh, four feet away from us, something like that. So it wasn't very far at all. And they were asking me about spirit animals, and the husband was sort of specifically antagonistic with me. I kept on getting a vibe off of him that was very much, um, I'm a woman, he's a man, and obviously he knows more about the craft in general. And I never really get that angry, not unless somebody outright, you know, desecrates my land, but usually I just giggle about it because he's making a damn outright fool of himself. But he said something to the effect of now, That can't be, you know, one of your spirit gods, and that can't be on your totem. And when I said, well, why not? And he had some kind of explanation, something he'd read in a book. And I listened to him, and I said, well, I guess we can agree to disagree, because I'm pretty sure of this one. And he laughed at me. He guffawed. He threw his head back, just laughed and laughed and laughed at me. And about that time, and y'all... I was more amazed, I think, than they were. A hawk dove down right over his head and landed on my altar and turned its head, and you know how they turn, and looked at him and screeched. Then it sat there a little while just to show it really was a hawk, and I couldn't breathe because it was so beautiful and so well, (laughs) 
uh, magical, it landed right there on my altar. And then it flew away. And I have never seen one do anything like that before. And I've never seen anyone do that since. It was only the one day. That was confirmation enough for me. They get scared the living shit out of that guy. And it should have. We need to be careful about making fun of each other's paths. But I think you can maybe see where I'm going. None of the times that a hawk flew over our property did I stop and say, well, that's proof. That would be, well, stone cold foolish of me looking for things and trying to make them fit a narrative. I knew that that was part of my life, had become part of my life when my daddy died. And I was sitting outside at night begging for a sign, pleading for a sign that he was somewhere, that he didn't just dissipate into nothing. And I don't think I've ever, well, yeah, I've begged the sky before, but I don't think I've ever begged with so much resonance as I did in that moment. And one hawk feather fell slowly down. You know, they spiral as they fall. And it was nighttime in town and landed in my lap. And I reckon that's when I knew. But this thing happened almost 15 years later with this fella in my yard. And and that was just confirmation. (laughs) You know, too deep of a coincidence. And I start to think, yeah, it's real. And also you can feel that in your chest. You can feel that reverberation of something magical. So back to snakes, shall we? I'll tell y'all what. A couple of years ago, and all the way up to, well, we don't know what this year is going to be yet. And if I had just grabbed on to anything that was showing itself to me all the damn time, I would have thought I was a copperhead. We had babies born out here, and we didn't move the wood pile, and therefore their eggs were laid under the soil right there, and they just kept coming back every year. We removed them all. We didn't kill them. Well, I do think there was one incident where my son had to do something just to make sure I could walk because it was acting aggressive and was in the way of the... Anyway, the whole point is I would have thought Copperhead and I would have been silly. Now, I've had two incidents with Copperheads that still make me quite fond of them. I know I'm a lunatic, but one time I was pulling weeds in my little raised bed situation and... I can't see very well, y'all. I'm actually going legally blind. And I did not have my special glasses on so I could see close up to anything. And I felt something tickle my nose. Well, our raised bed situation at the time, no longer, and never again in the deep south, had been lined with fallen trees. Well, that they love that, y'all. They love to snuggle underneath wood. And I was on my knees. And really close to that line, just to pull in weeds. I mean, maybe six inches, maybe less. And all of a sudden, I felt something tickle my nose. And it was just a tiny tickle. So I almost, I almost got struck, so I almost did. I almost wiped my nose. And instead, I felt this overwhelming urge to just raise my eyes and not move my body. And when I did, I saw that copperhead. And it was tasting... (laughs) my nose. This is a true story, y'all. And so I did the proper southern thing. I backed up extraordinarily slowly 
And then I eased myself out of that plot. And then I started to scream as loud as I could scream with my hands waving in the air, hollering for my partner, trying to get his attention, completely undone by that experience. I think it was about a month later when I was moving things out there. I had some old pots and such, and I moved one back, and there was a baby copperhead, and it was coiled up, sleeping. But I don't know if y'all know this, but the babies are way more dangerous than the adults because the adults, especially a copperhead, you know, half the time, if not more, they're going to give you a dry bite. So they bite you and then you lay around wondering if you're going to die. But most of the time it's dry. It's a warning shot. But those babies, they can't control their venom. Mm -hmm. Sounds like a couple of teenagers I know. So we removed it, but we didn't kill it. It was too cute. And I'm not done with the stories. Last year, again, my fool ass did not have on my glasses, and I was moving rocks around underneath the elderberry trees. And I saw this big smooth rock, and so I just put my hand on it to pick it up (laughs) and move it. But it didn't feel right. It didn't feel like rock. And so I just slowly removed my hand and dropped the glasses that were on top of my head and looked. It was a copperhead and it was coiled up and I reckon resting. I don't know. All I know for sure is my heart started to pound and I couldn't believe that I just tried to pick up a copperhead like that. And you know, that snake just looked at me and stuck out its tongue. It didn't hiss. It just sort of tasting the air like, who are you? What are you? And of course, you know, again, I backed away slowly and began to scream because that is my M.O. As much as I love them, I don't know that I want to cuddle. That's been my experience with snakes overall, not just copperheads. They tend to like me. I tend to love them from afar. (laughs) But after a while, All those experiences in which I did not get injured started to tell me something. And that only started to happen a couple of years ago. By the way, that fully aligns with me starting this podcast. I don't know if y'all see where I'm going yet. Sometimes, y'all, a snake is just a snake. And sometimes something is trying to get your attention. And recently, I think I know which one. Now, I do get that I waited a long time to accept that this was a sign. I'm fully aware of that. I tend to not buy into hooga booga. I know I'm a witch, but I don't buy into, well, this idea that everything we see and every breeze and every little twitch is some sort of sign from the spirits or from my ancestors or from the universe or from my great mama. Well, big mama, that's what I call her. And so I like to be really sure, you know, I don't want to be like some of the people I've met in the past who instantly jump on that train, you know, without any qualified research (laughs) and experience and time put in. But today, as I was walking back into the house to do this podcast, I, I watered all my tomatoes and made sure my green bean line was good. And I kept jumping at every little stick. I 
just couldn't stop. And I'm not even that afraid of them. You know, not unless we were accidentally holding hands. I don't advise y'all doing that, by the way. But I did notice that got way more intense when I took that little baby snake who had passed away, I guess, out of freezing or starvation and put it on my altar. Now, I think if we've all done any research at all, we know what snakes are associated with. And I don't mean what the Christian world has associated them with. I mean what we know they are associated with. Creativity. Rebirth. All of that. And the more I've respected them, and the more they've come to me, the more I've realized, I think it might be real. (laughs) I know, right? There is something I want to do. There is a creativity I want to explore. I would like to stop doing all of the jobs that are sucking my life away and I'm not happy with. And I would like to turn to podcasting full time. I want to write all the books that are in my head. I want to go back to writing on my blog. This is the only thing that really gives me joy anymore for a living anyway. I want to do that, I want to farm, and I want to be a grandma. And that's what I want my last chapter to look like. And I've been saying it, I've been feeling it, I've been thinking it. And these snakes won't fucking stop. So, I've decided to claim it. I've decided to honor it. And hopefully it won't take me getting bit to get the message. I sometimes think my grandma called me taterhead. For more reasons than one, I need to pay attention. So I did want to just quickly say that if you were seeing something and you're seeing it quite a lot, you might consider doing a bit of a journal about that. Kind of mark the moons and mark the days and what the situation was. See if you can see a pattern later on in the year. Sometimes I think that's the kind of research that matters the most. But as to those folks out there who are consistently, I guess, victim shaming and blaming if somebody gets going through a really hard time, cut that shit out. Sometimes we just go through a hard time. We don't necessarily deserve it. And y'all need to really research karma before you use that word. It just doesn't hold water across the whole gamut, does it? Mm Mm-mm. You know, a really long time ago, I did a blog post on this about the difference between karma and dharma, and I will link it in the episode notes, but, you know, I feel a Prince's Bride reference coming on. You keep using that word. I don't think it means what you think it means. Let's all do a little bit more research, shall we? Sorry, the professor in me is coming out. If somebody has been hit with bad luck after bad luck, it might be a spell. It might be bad juju. Or, man, it might be the way the world is these days. We're all struggling. There's all kinds of things that are going on. And I don't think it's cool to always assume that someone is being hit with ugly stick. There are ways to divine that. There are ways to figure that out. Well, let's not be paranoid to the point where we can't understand, hey, this is the time of year snakes are born and they're everywhere. Okay, or, you know, that person got sick when they walked into my house. They must have some sort of ill intent for me. Oh, my God, y'all. 
if that person continues every time, maybe. I mean, at some point, we have to be a little common sense about our craft, y'all. We won't ever know the real thing when it shows up. Anyway, that's my idea on the whole, is it a sign? It might be. Journal about it. Talk about it. Think about it. Divine about it. Feel about it. But don't jump to conclusions. As for me, I have spent years almost picking up snakes, being kissed by a snake, (laughs) having one enter my home, and just recently being greeted every morning by one who just wants to play in the grass. I think I'm finally there. I have to be hit over the head. Sometimes I can be really stubborn. And so I'm going to take that sign. It has proven itself. It is time for rebirth. It isn't scary. It's really scary. But I will tell y'all, being an online adjunct professor, it sounds so unglamorous. (laughs) But people do have a misconception about how much money you make. And it has been, well, it has not been satisfying to my soul. I don't feel anymore that I'm doing the work I need to be doing. I want to do it over here. It's time to shed that skin. I mean, Dr. Seba still has a purpose in this life, I'm sure. It informed so much of how I write. It informed so much of how I see the world. It wasn't a waste. You know, it taught me how to teach. There were years that I would stand in front of a room full of students, and and they loved me, and I loved them for the most part. And that high I would get, that unbelievable high, well, it can't be found anywhere. That was very specific for that time in my life. And I'm not feeling it online. It just doesn't have the same resonance for me. But just lately, I've noticed how much this does and how happy I am over here. It does mean I have to shed a skin. And it's a scary ride. Because I know what I can make over there. And over here, well, (laughs) I'm not sure. And I just need to keep the lights on. So y'all wish me well as I shed this skin. Part of me will always be Dr. Somebody. But the other part, the other part wants to learn what it's like to do like that garter snake did. And play in the sun. You know, I've put in a lot of time. And she just looks so damn happy. I want to be happy like that now. So, I'm beginning the painful process of shedding this and casting for what I want and focusing on that dream. It's going to be a fun ride. I hope to look back on this podcast one day and say, Seba, you didn't have to be so damn scared. It all worked out in the end. We'll see, won't we, honey? All right. I need to make some shout outs. We've got some changes going on over in Patreon and they're cool as shit. Hold on. We have four new wonderful supporters over on Patreon this week. And they are Kate, Crystal, Cricket, and Nicole. Oh, and also Danny and Jeff. Thank y'all so much. And now we have a Facebook page for patrons only. And we're having a blast over there. I had to get a little with the times, (laughs) and so if y'all ever want to join us, I'll put the Patreon link on an episode note. 
I also have a new private mailbox address. Right now, I've only released it to patrons. It's a lot of fun. So we can send each other things back and forth. And that's been, well, it's been like family. And we've enjoyed that. One of these days, I may release that to the general public. But right now, I like it over in Patreon. Y'all don't forget to check out our t-shirts. And we have coffee cups up now in our Etsy shop. And past all that, I wanted to remind y'all that I am open for topics, and we haven't done a full listener episode in a long time. If you have anything you want me to read on the air or any questions you would like for me to answer, go ahead and write to me at seba at southernfriedwitch.com. All right, y'all. I got to get back out there. I am really late on planting potatoes, and we have got to have potatoes. If y'all have never had a fresh potato, oh my God. It changed the game for us, so off I go. It's the reason I can't have pretty nails, because my fingers are always in the dirt. See y'all next week. Love y'all like chicken. Blessed be y'all. Y'all have been listening to the Southern Fried Witch Podcast. Come back around next week for a little bit more magic from the Deep South.